how critical it is that we band together, that we rise up, and that men show up substantially more powerful than we have been uh, in our families, in our communities, in our workplaces, in all areas. The starting point is ownership. There is zero growth where we are not willing to take ownership over the circumstance. I don't care what happened to you. What's valuable is what you chose to do with it. They don't want to take ownership of how they decided to live their lives moving forward. That communist idea is naturally appealing to go, oh, it, I don't have to take ownership and 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 take responsibility for my life. I, I can latch on to all these excuses and reasons. Fulfillment is actually found in something bigger than yourself, something greater than yourself. The priority is now, how do I serve? How do I step into a position for a greater good and a greater purpose, something beyond myself? You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to another episode of the Sovereign Man Podcast, where we aim to make men masculine again. I'm your host, Nikki Billu, and I'm here with a good friend of mine. He is part of the incredible Order of Men movement. These guys have the number one podcast for men of any type in the world. They have over 45 million downloads. They have social media presence in the hundreds of thousands. They run a really amazing program called the Iron Council, which has approaching or maybe even over a thousand members right now. Yes, and, sir. Um, these men do some really, really cool shit. And I wanted to bring Kip on here because I want him to talk about how a man can pull out what's best in himself and give it over to a cause, to a movement, because that Kip is what you've done. <laughs> Welcome, <Yeah>. Kip. <laughs> Thanks, Nikki. It's it's an honor to to chat with you. And and through your intro, it's like, man, it, it is so important. And, and and hopefully that resonates in our conversation today, how critical it is that we band together, that we rise up and that men show up substantially more powerful than we have been uh, in our families, in our communities, in our workplaces, in all areas. And it's just, it's so, it's so critical. And, and that's why we do what we do because we see the need. And, and I think the traction of the movement and what you're doing as well, Nikki, is a testament that it's, that it's needed uh, in society today. Well, I was talking to Ryan a while ago, I had him and his son Brecken on the show because I thought it was cool. They were doing the podcast together. Super cool. Yeah. yeah. So I interviewed them and that was cool to interview a 13 year old young man who's like thinking deeply about issues, man. That was, that was pretty amazing. He's yeah. actually a very, very bright young man. I'm very impressed with him, but I was telling Ryan this, I said, look, you have a thousand men in um, iron council right now. I want to see you go to 10,000. And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm game with that. But I go, even if you get to 10,000 men, that is a small, small town. And yeah. if there were oh, 
10,000 men like you and me, Ryan, that have 10,000 men each that they lead, that's 10,000 times 10,000. That's only 100 million men. You think about that, Kip. We have 8 billion people on the planet. 3.8 billion of them are men. Only 100 million men would be a part of something like this. Like we're talking less than 4%. That's if there were 10,000 men like you, me, Ryan, Larry Hagner, other men like that doing what we do. And we were able to attract 10,000 men each. Like, wow. Still not enough. Not not even remotely. Like, like when Ryan did that interview, that, that, that episode on how to grow your own men's movement, I listened to that and I took detailed notes and I remember what he said, because, you know, a true champion or true warrior doesn't make this about himself, right? Doesn't make this totally. about, okay, I got to get all the people. It can't be anybody else. It's, you know, because that is an ego-based thing. That is not about doing something not genuine. for humanity. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. But if we really want to make a difference, we have to help all the men that are part of this conversation be successful, at least the sincere men, okay? Because there's some men, quite frankly, who should not be leading men. I'm just going to come flat out and say some, unfortunately, are pretty high profile. I'm not going to mention names. We're not going to do that here. But, you know, you know, you know who I'm talking about. There's some high profile dudes that just should shut up (laughs) and say nothing. But for the sincere men that are doing good work, this is necessary. So I'd love for you to just talk about why it's necessary, what you men have done to grow the order of man movement, what men can do in their own lives to be part of their own causes and their own movements. Let's just get into it. Totally, totally. Well, and I think a good example of that, Nikki, is is what I call the the natural order of men joining the Iron Council. So there's almost like a life cycle of the individual. And, And the first process is men will join that mastermind or that brotherhood for themselves. They will first start from the position of, I need to level up. I need to step up my game. I want increased accountability. And it's really center focused. And I'm not saying that's necessarily good or bad, but that's kind of the starting point. The starting point is ownership. To be frank, there is zero growth and learning where we are not willing to take ownership over the circumstance, right? Uh, yeah, it's a little, it's related but I, I want to go on a tangent really quick. For instance, and I don't even know who this individual is. So I, I can't, it's some celebrity lady that I don't even know. And she, and I saw this on a news post yesterday, actually. And it was about Tom Cruise. And and obviously Tom Cruise is getting a lot of hype, right? Because Top Gun, have you seen Top Gun yet? Dude, it's awesome. Dude, it was so it's, awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, I, I love it. with my 14-year-old boy. It was great. Dude, I... I, I Literally like want to watch it again already. And I ended up watching the old Top Gun. It's just, it was a great, great movie. Now, here's the point. This lady, some person that everyone else probably knows, not me, because I don't follow celebrities very often. But she goes on a rant about how she's not going to watch this show because Tom Cruise is a member of the the Church of Scientology. And that church, and literally, if I remember the quote correctly, that church ruined, she said, that church ruined my family and I'll never support someone that supports that organization, period, right? And I thought about it, it's like, how often would we all read that and society would read that and say, oh my gosh, like, that's horrible. That must be a horrible organization. But we, we overlooked the fact that she just blamed an organization for ruining her family. An organization didn't ruin your family. You ruined your family. 
And then the argument to that is, well, you know, you have weak-minded people and they could be taken advantage of. Well, guess how you end up not being weak-minded? Not blaming a church for ruining your fucking family. Sorry to swear, right? No, we, the, we, we swear on this show. Not okay, the business so, show, but on this show, we swear. It's all good. Okay, all right. So, but you get my point. You will continually be manipulated by other individuals and organizations if you don't take ownership that it was your fault to begin with. But yet we are so quick Right? And it's human nature. I really do think it is. It's human nature not to take ownership over things. Why? Because it's uncomfortable. It actually means that you're in the position you're in because of you, because of what you decided to do with the situation. And some people might be listening and say, well, Kip, you know, I had tough circumstances as a kid or whatever. Guess what? I don't care what happened to you. What's valuable is what you chose to do with it. That is what matters. And there are things, of course, outside of our control, but how we choose to deal with things is within our control. And so that's step one for most of these guys join the IC and, and listening possibly is you got to take ownership and you need to have that mind shift, mind shift change that it's up to me. I don't like my marriage. That's up to you. You don't like your kids being disrespectful. That's on you. You don't like your job. That's on you. How's this? You don't like how people treat you or communicate with you. Guess what? They communicate with you based upon what you have allowed, based upon how you've showed up in the world. That's number one, because otherwise, without that growth mindset, it, you can implement all the hacks you want and, and pretend to be on, on the path of, of change and growth. But it's, it's all superficial because it's all smoke and mirrors. It's about ego. It's about looking good. Those aren't the, that's not the right mindset to have. So step one is, man, we, we have to be in this growth mindset. And to do that, there's a number of traits, as you know, Nikki, that kind of come with it, right? We have to be humble. We have to be willing to say, I don't know. And I'm here as a learner and I'm going to figure it out, right? And we have to, you know, put our egos in check and then be able to be consistent in our change. Now, Back to what I was alluding to earlier. Sorry, I'm, I'm rambling a little too much here, but that first step, guys join the IC because they want to change them. But the 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 amount of, of the, like the length of time that guys are in the Iron Council is actually really long. So the question then is, why do they stay? And they stay because it's no longer about them. They stay because they've transitioned from the priority is me to now the priority is my fellow brothers on my team. The priority is now how do I serve? How do I step into a position for a greater good and a greater purpose, something beyond myself? And as Jordan Peterson talks about, that's where fulfillment is. Fulfillment is actually found in something bigger than yourself, something greater than yourself, not just improving your own circumstances. That's not enough. was on point and brilliant man you know i'm i'm reading um jocko willink and leif babin's book extreme ownership right now and i've read a bunch of other stuff uh, uh jocko's written i've listened to his podcast i've listened to leif be interviewed on the ernest emerson podcast which is a really cool podcast and what's really really clear to me is that societally these days men have been conditioned to stop taking ownership period full stop end of story they're conditioned to blame i have been a blamer i've been 
too ready to point the finger when shit doesn't go the way I want it to go. Yeah. And just looking at this book, I go, okay, if everything in my life is mine and I own it and I caused it, how does that change the way I look at things, right? And I'm bringing this to the men because we got a theme every month uh, for the men in, in our uh, organization, Sovereign Circle, that we have the men uh, think about. And the book of the month this month is Extreme Ownership. So it's very appropriate that you're bringing this up. Men need to start off with being a part of something like this for themselves and taking ownership. But I think there's got to be like a second level in your mind. What's the second level? Once you've mastered doing it for me, you know, what's the second level? For sure. For sure. I'll make reference to something that we implement on a, from a leadership development perspective. And I'm in the early stages of that here at our work. And it's something that Ryan and I are putting together for our leaders in the iron council, right. To make sure that we're investing our time in them and that they're showing up even in a more powerful way. Right. Because when we look at knowledge, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so we need to open up that pie of information and, and allow possibilities to be present to people in a new way of thinking and showing up in a more powerful way. Right. Um, So once I think we can take on ownership, I I really think the first step in that process is we need to start inspiring others to do the same. And, and it's interesting, Nikki, we get this question all the time, like on the podcast, I can't cap. This is probably the most common question. And it's something to do with I'm on the path. I'm killing it. How do I, and, and they'll say horrible words that I are like, are just uh, illustrates their misunderstanding of the approach, but they'll say, how do I change my wife? Right. How do I have this buddy? He's a great guy. How do I change him? And it's this constant, how do I get people to be different? Right. How do I get them to rise up? And, and I shared this actually just last week. And and so I'll give a little backstory explanation here. So in the church that I attend on the first Sunday of every month, we have what we call testimony meeting. And what it is, it's an hour of people dedicated there. It's open mic. And I go up and I share my testimony. And what is a testimony? Something I believe, right? And for years, I always thought, well, it's kind of weird. Everyone's just sharing hoo-ha stories and, you know, what's true for them. I, I don't see the value in it. As I've gotten older, I'm like, that is so powerful. And the reason why is a testimony or a share is non-threatening to you. Nikki, if I, if I come to you and I say, hey, Nikki, this is what you need to do, man. You need to do this and you need to do that. And you need to do all these things. By default, the human mind is going to say, is that true? And your internal dialogue is like, well, I don't know if I agree. And maybe I don't agree. And you know what? And, and you're, you're not even listening anymore. You're, you're evaluating and determining what I'm, what, I, what I'm saying is even applicable to you or if it's truth or not. Mm. But when I approach our conversation of what works for me and I share from myself, from an authentic place and say, man, Nikki, dude, check this out. I was reading Extreme Ownership and what, something that Jocko said really resonated with me. And I totally made this shift in my life and it made a major difference for me. And now I'm succeeding in these areas. You listen the whole time. He didn't go, oh, that's not true. That's not true. Why? Because there's not a need for you to evaluate. I'm just sharing what worked for me. Mm. And so one of the most effective ways for us to quote unquote, inspire others. And that's the word I'd use. What we need to do is focus on inspiring others, not change people, 
inspire them. Change doesn't happen from us. That, that's their determination. That's their agency. That's their option. But what we can do is be a lighthouse or an, and inspire them. And the best way that we inspire is by opening our mouths and being inspired ourselves, right? You, we are in zero position to inspire other people's people if we're not inspired. And so be inspired and communicate what's inspiring you and what you're learning and what you're growing. And that creates possibility for others to consider for themselves without a threat to how they're showing up in the world. So let me, let me just share the screen here for two seconds. Cause I want to show you something. We're doing screen sharing. Is this going on YouTube or. Well, we, or we haven't been on audio? YouTube. We've been going on rumble. You okay. Know, YouTube gave yeah, us yeah. some strikes and shit and we got pissed with them, <laughs> but we may go back. We'll see. So yeah. look, this is a tool. Okay. My, my, um, the man that I lead the sovereign man organization works with. Right. And we call this the sovereign chart. And so Part of it is, is, a, is life sucks. Part of it is purpose. Part of it is the problems you deal with. Part of it is the context. And, mm. you know, most people are kind of dealing with just themselves, me, myself, and I, right? Totally. That's, their, that's the whole, uh, you know, extent of their lens through which they go see the world is their own issues, right? And they're not, most people here are in a victim space. They're not thinking a lot about taking ownership or responsibility. There's a lot of problems there. Life sucks for them pretty badly here, right? And they're not really living in purpose. When they move above this sovereignty line, when they go from just being concerned about me, myself, and I, and my problems to having like a relationship, you know, whether they're married or so forth. and, And in that relationship, they're concerned about more than themselves. They actually care about the other person's uh, wishes, concerns, desire, and the, the health of the relationship, right? So totally. life sucks less over here. And then there's being on a team, you know what I mean? So like a team of 10 men or a sports mm-hmm. team. Here you can't, like I have two sons that, that one plays soccer, the other plays hockey, organized, you know, and in Canada, hockey's a big deal, right? So, yeah, yeah. and b- both these boys and, and on the men's team that, that I'm on, we're all thinking about the health of the team, the success of the team. We're not just looking at me, myself, and I, or even our individual relationships with people. We want the team to win and to succeed. And so my son's soccer team, they've been together for four years. Our coach is really bang on. They played seven games so far this year. And because they're focused on the team, the collective score has been 42 to two in seven games. They've won all seven games. That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And nobody there is selfish. Like they're all playing on team. Now, here's where the dividing line goes up. This is where you you move, you know, away from a low purpose life into high purpose life. This is where you get up into organizations. So life sucks less here. Organization is something like the Iron Council. You know what I'm saying? Where there's men that have a a vision of of serving the organization and all the men that are part of it and growing something that's beyond themselves. They are in purpose. Life ain't sucking too much for them right now. They're dealing with problems primarily at this level. Now, listen, all men, even men that operate here, they got some shit they got to deal with down here, right? So it's not like it's- it's And if you don't mind me, if you don't mind me interjecting, Yeah, This is what's so funny. One of the best things I've ever heard is that everyone has problems. People living a fulfilled life choose theirs. That's it. That's that's brilliant. 
Like I still struggle with my wife. She's still crazy sometimes. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we're not aligned all the time. My kids aren't saints. Are you kidding? Right. <laughs> like life is still happening. The difference is we've taken on something bigger. And, and, and here's the, I've seen this so many times with people in my life where they're not about something. They're not taking on something. And if you talk to them, man, they have serious problems because they created shit, right? Like they're all in their own head and, and it's, they're always having problems. So if you're going to have problems, damn, just choose a better one. Choose a better one. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go up here to society and that's the kind of conversation you, Ryan and I have been having is how do we impact society? How do we get enough men into this type of conversation so that, you know, we're, we're making a difference right now. And then obviously that those folks who affect mankind, these are the peoples like the Ronald Reagans, the Nelson Mandela's, the Gandhi's, you know, totally. uh, those kinds of people, the Abraham Lincoln's and those folks. So we like use this as a tool for a man to look at and go, okay, man, where are you primarily you operating here? Right. Totally. And if you're below the sovereignty line, well, fuck that, get above that ASAP. Like, this is not a group. This is a fucked up life living there primarily. Yeah. And if you're below the dividing line, okay, that's fine. But are you living your purpose? Are you living in a fulfilled way? And I'll stop sharing right now, but that's, totally. that's like, I love that. Yeah, it's cool, man. Ar Ar Arpa, my partner, um, we call each other by our last names in our in our organization just to honor our fathers and our forefathers. Mm, I um, love that. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. So Arpa. Old school. Old school, yeah. I'm Baloo, he's Arpa, you'd be Sorensen, that kind of shit. So, totally. um, so Arpa created this uh, and he, you know, he borrowed from uh, a couple of other uh, thinkers that had put put things together, like a man named um, Justin Sterling, Sterling Men's Weekend. He put together the world sucks chart aspect of it. And, and then the rest of it, uh, you know, the, the sovereignty line and all that stuff, that stuff that he created. So it's, it's good stuff. But I, I, I think about this, like if every man listening to this is thinking to themselves that we live in a time where society is crapping on men and is saying, hey, men are toxic, they're bad. And the being a man is inherently wrong. Are we living in a time where society is adding to the confusion that some people feel and because you know gender confusion is very real for some people but it is not very real for 80 percent of the population and that's what it seems that some activists are trying to confuse children to the effect that they get confused at that level and those totally. people need to be freaking well stopped because they are not interested in uh the best interests of either folks that are going through gender confusion or folks who are not they're just interested in sowing division and hate as far as i'm concerned that's bullshit yeah. And we got to be in a space, I think, where these types of conversations that you and I are having are being had by hundreds of thousands of men and that they're deeply considering how to do this. Because my grandfather, your grandfather, this type of conversation for them would be normal about how to make society in the world a better place. Only there wasn't that fucked up aspect of society trying to take a big fat dump on men at the same time. Totally. Totally. Well, and, and the fact that we're so damn well connected, it almost encourages people to virtual signal and make sure that the masses, you know, don't, don't confront them. Right. Like, and, and I actually think a, a great deal of 
individuals. Good luck with that with me. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm a but brown I Middle Eastern man. Come fuck with me. I dare yeah. you to, you woke piece of crap. <laughs> totally. And, and, to. and people just, how's this? You know, you, you alluded to people, you know, increasing confusion. What's that rooted in? Almost everything that we do is rooted in the idea of acceptance. We want people to accept us. Yeah. That's all that is. It, it, it's really like, oh, let me socialize this because, you know, I, I live this lifestyle. I'm this way and I, I want to be accepted, right? Which is not sovereign to your point, right? And, and what's ironic, I'm, we're getting a little bit on a tangent here. What's ironic is then we do it in the spirit of like, well, there's a lot of depressed people and kids. Well, throughout the kid thing, there's kids that are depressed and suicidal. Okay, so let's clarify from a psychology perspective. The way you handle depression is what? Social acceptance, superficial, oh, everyone loves me? Is that how you address it? No. 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 You build self-confidence. You deal with how you see yourself. You create momentum around how you show up in the world and you attach to something greater than yourself. You give yourself a reason to find value in how you show up in the world. You don't do superficial bullshit. Oh, look, Nikki, there's a flag on the corner of the street. Oh, I don't feel depressed anymore. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. No. And but, work yet, but yet we claim it works. Why? Because we're all willing to be lazy. We're all willing to be lazy and say, oh, I'm doing my part. I, I shared a post. I did my little thing. So everyone, like anyone listening, I swear, like you want to get attached to a social thing having a flag in your front yard and change your profile pic on social media is not doing shit. So if you actually care about something, show up in a more powerful way where people actually know you love them, that you actually know their name, that you, they know they're valuable because of the relationship you have with them. That's how you make a change. None of the superficial bullshit. Amen, brother. Amen. And sorry, Can't I think, I think, you know, there's a book I, I read uh, a while back called Willing Accomplices. It's written by a man named Kent Clisby, uh, rhymes with Frisbee. And I interviewed him on my business podcast a couple years back. And basically, in it, he outlines a, uh, a chilling, chilling um, proposition, which is that a little over 100 years ago, communism took root in its first country, which was Russia at the time. Vladimir Lenin had every intention of worldwide revolution. That's what he wanted. Yeah. What stood in his way was the United States of America. And the United States of America, with its siren call for freedom, was an alternative vision to that of the communists. And so Lenin said, how are we going to beat these guys? Because we can't beat them with a frontal assault. So we are going to have to infiltrate them from within and start to basically destroy their institutions and turn people against themselves. That's the only way. So he sent one of his acolytes, a German communist named Willy Munzenberg, to the West, to the United States, and said, Willie, your job is to sow division is to find agitators, is to find revolutionaries within willing accomplices. And these are the institutions we want you to go after. The first institution was uh, academia, schools. 
if you go to a uh, North Carolina school, which is where Clisby's from, and you get a textbook from 1910, it was robustly pro-American, pro-freedom. I mean, there was no criticism of the way of life of the United States. In there. If you got that same textbook in 2010, it was practically an anti-American squeak saying that America was bad, wrong, racist, sexist, you name it, all thrown in there. Now, is that really true? Is America bad, wrong, racist? I mean, there are examples of that, to be sure. But I assert to you, as a man who immigrated to the West from a Middle Eastern country, the United States, Canada, are the most tolerant, accepting places on Earth. Every other country, including the one I fled from, you could be put up against the wall and shot for your ethnicity, for your skin color. Hell, if you're gay, you're dead. They'll hang you from a, they'll hang you from a crane in the sky until they won't like, you know, drop you down to your neck breaks. You slowly suffocate. You think about how horrible that has to be for being gay. Okay. There are 78 countries around the world that outlaw homosexuality and the punishment for being homosexual in those countries is death death you think about it isis when isis found gay people among its myths it would burn them alive and make sure the burning took hours so they suffered you know what i'm saying like you think about that so it's crazy these the, the the united states canada the countries of the west are the most tolerant places on earth and yet we have people that deliberately go out and promulgate the lie to say these are hells this is a hellscape on earth, which is insanity. So we know that's a lie. Why is it? Why is it being done? Because Willie Munsenberg's effort was not going to be a one and done thing. It was going to be a multi-generational uh, effort. And there was a there's a clip on YouTube of an ex-KGB agent from the 80s that said, look, you guys just won the Cold War. Congratulations. That was a battle in the skirmish between the forces of communism and the forces of freedom. And you're going to lose the overall war because you've allowed people to come in and infiltrate your institutions today free speech is under assault in every western country and and in some cases doesn't exist um the ability to state your beliefs can get you canceled from jobs can cost you business if you own a company and in some cases you've got people that are trying to criminalize speech to get you sent to jail in canada using the wrong preferred pronouns can land you in jail up to in, for up to five years. You think about that. Five years in jail for calling someone who was maybe born a woman, and from my point of view is biologically and still before God a woman, unless they've done the surgery to change all that. You call that person uh, a woman and they've decided they're not a woman and they decide to press charges, you can go to jail for five years. There is nothing accepting about that. That is compulsion that is forcing other people not only to accept you but to believe what you believe it's like the show trials in the 30s in soviet russia that's the crap that's going on here this is deliberate this is not just oh my god how did this all just happen society must have evolved that way no society well evolved that way and i'll tell you what if you put a stop to these people doing what they do if you push back against them that stuff will disappear because for most people they're going to look at this and go most people aren't gay say maybe 10% of the population max is going to be gay. 90% are not going to be gay if you leave things to the natural order of things, right? So someone truly gets to be who they are rather than people trying to force them to be what something that they're not, right? And 
as far as tolerance of skin color, tolerance of ethnicity, tolerance of religion, man, we had it going on here. You guys got tolerance. When I was growing up in Iran, there was a Molotov cocktail thrown through our living room window. It did not explode. That's the only reason you and I are speaking here because I was it was near me. It had a note on it that said, die Christian scum. You think about that. You ever heard of that happening here? Except maybe yeah, from some leftist agitator, maybe some Antifa type person deciding they want to kill somebody that they don't agree with. Doesn't happen here, man. Well, and I think it's important to know why, why does it work? Like, why does that, why, why is it working and people are swinging that direction? And the reason why, back to what, how we started this conversation is because no one wants to take ownership. It's easier, Nikki, for me to say, Hey, you know what? I'm in the predicament I'm in because of how I was raised because of my skin color, because of this, because of that. It is so much harder. We know this. It's so much harder to actually have sovereignty and to take ownership for things. And so any opportunity that we have to excuse away and say, Hey, my life's tough because of something else we'll do it. And, and anyone listening that goes, Oh, well, you know, not me. I don't think that bullshit. Actually, everyone does guaranteed. A great deal of individuals will blame their mom and dad for the position that they're in in life because they don't want to take ownership of how they decided to live their lives moving forward. And, and, and it's natural. And that communist idea is naturally appealing to go, oh, it, I don't have to take ownership and, and, and take responsibility for my life. I, I can latch on to all these excuses and reasons. And it's funny, Nikki, when you're talking, it's like freedom, right? That's what America ideal freedom. What is freedom equal to? It's equal to sovereignty and yeah. ownership. That's really what it is. And, and, and for us to have a free nation, people need to take ownership and have sovereignty for it to work. Brilliantly said, my brother. Brilliantly said. Freedom equals responsibility. Without responsibility, there can be no real freedom and the socialist ideal and i put that in air quotes because there's nothing yeah. ideal about socialism is all about blaming others victimhood it's not your fault someone else put you in this position yeah it can be appealing but it's a false appeal totally. that anybody who goes through life and honestly looks at it will see for themselves now you look at what's happening there there's a lot of people that are waking up these woke people they're the opposite of actually awake. They have woken up a lot of people who previously considered themselves to be left of center. I mean, look at Elon Musk. He put on a brilliant graphic on Twitter of, you know, where he stood in, 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 in the political spectrum. And he was decidedly left of center back in the 90s. And then just over time, the lines and the goalposts of movie, he hasn't changed. So now he's decidedly right of center. And he said yesterday he voted uh, for a Republican for the first time ever. This man's 52 years old. He's been around as an American citizen for quite some time. He voted for Myra Flores in the 34th district in Texas for U.S. Congress, and she won. And she won in a district that has historically been a Democratic district. They have had 
a Democrat representing that area since 1870, 150 years. Saw that. Like, and this yeah. young woman, the first Mexican-born woman to win a seat in the United States House of Representatives ever in history, won, and she's attracting people like Elon Musk. And again, this isn't a political show, but I'm here to say that for you to have a philosophy that appeals to people, you need to have a philosophy of muscular self-reliance, especially for men. And men who see what you're doing and what we're doing and want to become a part of this need to understand that the first thing you got to accept is own your word. You got to keep your word. You can't be one of these, what I call word whores. You know what a word whore is, Kip? <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> it's somebody who only Just... keeps their word for money. That's a word mm. whore. I like there's it. money on the line. Yeah. Don't keep I'll that keep word. word. But if it ain't. Yeah. No honor. No, yeah. no. It's a word whore. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's yeah. a, like, I'll tell you, it's a controversial thing that I've, that I've said <laughs> in coming up with this phrase, but it's the truth. And these other folks, they don't, they just don't understand it. They don't get it. But men listening to this, man, if you want to be part of a rising tide of true masculinity, of the type of masculinity that builds great nations and builds great societies, and you want to be part of the Iron Council or Sovereign Man or, or whatever really speaks to you, you got to first be willing to take responsibility, own the fact that your word is probably shit and that it needs to get better and that you don't take responsibility for your life. You're blaming other people. You're blaming the government. You're blaming the president. Well, there's a lot of blame to go around for that fella. And you're blaming a whole lot of other folks. But where it all starts is with taking responsibility for your life, for yourself, first yeah. and foremost, full stop. And, and to provide just like just a little extra detail to that, when you don't take ownership, you are giving over your freedom, right? I, if Nikki, if you and I have a, a conflict and we're getting into an argument and I say it's your fault, not mine, well, who's in control? I, I just gave it to you. If I'm like, well, th this thing went south because of Nikki, I, I literally gave up the well, opportunity I am powerful, bro. to I own am it. Powerful. <laughs> yeah. But do you get what I'm saying? Like at totally, a very small level, you're giving over your sovereignty and you're giving over ownership over things when you choose not to act on it, right? And look for the opportunity of how you're showing up in the moment. One thing that came to mind, Nikki, and, I, and I'm so bad. Oh, I'm so bad. I, I, I hate that I do this all the time. I, I take in information and if I really love it, I latch onto it. And then I totally don't give credit where credit's due, like where I read it or where I heard it. I just, it becomes part of me. Um, but something I read over the last couple months that just really resonated with me, and I wish I remembered the author or where I heard it, but it was this idea that human nature is will latch onto causes, right? And, and, and that's a good thing sometimes, right? We, and even our guys, they might go, oh, you know what? I'm all about the, the order of man movement. So I'm going to join the Iron Council. And then they lose themselves in that tribe. And we see this in politics. I think some people join a political party sometimes and they latch on to these core values. But when that party goes against those values, now we've we've tied ourselves and our identity to the tribe and not to our own values. And we'll lose ourselves and we'll actually go against what we believe for the sake of the tribe. And so it's so important. 
right? That we don't also lose ourselves in these organizations, that we don't lose ourselves in being associated to a political party of one side or the other, or even within the Iron Council, that you're rooted in what's important to you and that you don't compromise what's important to you and what you value just because of the quote unquote tribe that you've decided to associate with. That's really, really good. I like that. And that's true. You know, I've noticed that I've done that from time to time. Uh, and especially certain business organizations, I felt like, hey, you know what, I got to just go along with what folks want, because this is good for business and so on and so forth. But the truth of the matter is, if it's not who I am, if it's not about my values, then it doesn't make sense. Shouldn't do it. Yeah, no, totally. Do it. Yeah. Well, and and I and it's easy. And let's be honest, it's a form of laziness, right? It's like, oh, well, my political group they said this, and that's what I agree. Actually, you should question that. You should be a skeptic. You should say, oh, geez, wait, I voted for that guy, but is he still in line? Is he still preaching and suggesting something from truth? Is he compromised? Right? Is he practicing unrighteous dominion in his position of power? Hell yeah, you should be questioning that all the time. All the time. And, we, and we shouldn't be so lazy in our thought process and just, well, you know, this is my identity that I've associated with. So let me just go along to get along and, and just regurgitate all the same bullshit that I hear from my side of the aisle. That doesn't help. Yeah, anybody. no, for sure. Listen, like um, I'm in Canada. I, I tend to support conservative uh, politicians. Um, in the last two elections we had here, the federal and the provincial, provincial is like a state election for like governor. I, I happen to know the fellow who's our premier was like your governor. I know him personally. And I voted for him last time. I voted for his brother. Uh, I voted for him in a previous election that he lost for, for mayor. And um, I couldn't vote for him this time. I love him. You know, as a human being, he's great, but I didn't agree with his lockdown policies. And so I voted for a small party and I knew he was going to win. So I, I did it knowing that, right? If I thought he was going to yeah. lose, I would have voted for him because the other side is just <laughs> too completely crazy, but I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't do it. And um, in the federal election and here it mattered more because I definitely wanted to get rid of Justin Trudeau. Uh, I couldn't vote for the fellow who was the leader in the last election because he just became a version of Trudeau light. And I just couldn't do it. So I voted for a smaller party led by a former, uh, you know, conservative minister uh, called the People's Party of Canada, which is much more conservative. And, and I knew it. I knew that that meant that we were probably going to have the liberals stay in power. And I didn't want that to happen. But I also just couldn't bring myself to pull the lever for somebody who I didn't believe in. And this time around, the conservatives are searching for a new party leader. That's how we do it here in Canada, in the parliamentary yeah. system. Now, there are two guys who are running for leadership that I really like. I really believe in what they're all about. One's a fellow named Pierre Polyev, and the other is a fellow named Roman uh, Babber. And Roman Babber is originally from Eastern Europe, and he lived under communism. So he gets it. He was completely against the lockdowns and the vaccine mandates. And Polyev is stepping up against those harder now than he was uh, when he was a sitting member of parliament, which he still is. But he has a he has a vision for um, Canada being the freest nation on earth. And he talked about specifically how he's going to do that. And I've been watching this guy's videos on YouTube and he's awesome. So those are my two choices. We got ranked choice balloting and then 
Pierre's my first choice and Roman's my second choice. And the other four, there are four other leaders, you know, I don't want any of them to get in. Like, I mean, I'd vote for them ahead of Trudeau for sure, but yeah, no, I just don't feel they've got the same um, point of view that I have. And just because I've joined the conservative party and I have my membership card and all that stuff, doesn't mean I'm going to support what people are saying. And I think that everyone listening to this should have the same opinion, the same belief for yourself. Don't blindly follow the tribe. Think for yourself. Being a sovereign man means thinking for yourself. You got to be intellectually sovereign. If you're not intellectually sovereign, if you can't think for yourself, you are not sovereign. You are not free. And that is not the kind of man I want to be. And it shouldn't be the kind of man you want to be. Amen. Yeah. Well, man, that's pretty good. So Kip, man, um, folks, uh, Kip and uh, the Order of Men are a, a great, great movement. Go to theorderofman.com. Um, their um, mastermind group called the Iron Council is super fantastic. It's led by Kip and Ryan Mickler, who's the founder of Order of Man. Does it have its own website or do they find that through the Order of Man website? Yeah, they could go to orderofman.com slash Iron Council to, to learn more about that group. Yeah, okay. And definitely go listen to the Order of Man podcast and Kip's on every Wednesday with, with Ryan and he's got a couple more episodes and he's got this man in the making uh, podcast he's doing with his son Brecken, Brecken, which is pretty cool too. And like people ask me, well, you got your own men's movement. You got your own men's podcast. Why do you promote other guys? I go, because I love what they do, man. And I want to see them succeed. I want to see you men grab 10,000 men in your group. I mean, you need to get to 10,000 because that's what's going to show other men like us that it's possible. Now I know it's possible to get to a thousand because I saw you men get there, but if you don't get to 10,000, we're not going to get 9,999 other men get to 10,000 and change the world with a hundred million men, you know, inside movements, man, because that's what we need yeah. to do. So let's get more men involved in what you're doing and men listening to this, definitely go check them out. Listen to the podcast you know, Kip's on social media as well. Like reach out to him. I know you, you, you answer people when they reach out to you on social media. So please do yes, that sir. and let him know that you love the work that he's doing. And, uh, you know, if you disagree with anything he or I said, engage with both of us and tell us why we're not afraid of, of, uh, of, of a little bit of disagreement. We're not even afraid of a lot of disagreement. In fact, it's what iron sharpens iron through disagreement. Totally. It's the iron sparking up against each other. Right. Yep, totally. And that's, that's what that looks like, right? That's how we grow um, is by having those conversations. And, and Nikki, what you just said about, you know, supporting other groups, that's a testament of the intent, the pure intent of what we're trying to do. That, that is the movement, right? I, I've had team leads in the Iron Council lead the Iron Council and, hey, I'm starting a, a, a men's church group and I, you know, I'm sorry to bell on you guys. And I'm like, dude, bell? You're continuing the movement. That's why we're here to rise up together to help men and to provide resources to other men so we can be more powerfully uh, in our families, in our communities, in our, in our jobs. And whatever that looks like, that's what we're committed to. So I think that's absolutely fantastic stuff. And, you know, I had to learn from you, man, how you're, you're uh, training your team leads and choosing them because that's an area we got to start to think about now too. <laughs> yep. So far, we're not really doing it at all. And that's got to change. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that, that we do, which is kind of cool, and I know you men do a lot of events, but we encourage the men to do something we call a men's overnight. 
this is one just a group of men, you know, go maybe to a campsite or someone's property, they pitch tents, and then there's some men that are in charge of food and they, uh, they make food over uh, open fires and barbecues and things like that. And then we do some content, we do some fun man shit. Uh, and then maybe we go jump in a lake that's really cold and see who's got, yeah. <laughs> who's got the stones to stay in the cold water for the longest time. That's the kind of thing that I think men need more of good camaraderie like that, getting involved in stuff. And the overnights are, are a ton of fun. We, we do a couple of those a year. So they're, they're good awesome. times. Yeah. 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 Awesome, cool. man. Well, Kip, listen, one other thing I want to say before, before you go is we ought to do like a panel interview. I'd love to have like you, Ryan, Larry Hagner, you know, some folks like that, like four or five of us, I'll, I'll like record it for everybody and I'll send everybody the recording, but let's have like a panel type discussion about, you know, the state of men, men and masculinity, growing movements, how we can all put our heads together to help more men understand that there's this type of thing going. Cause I think that kind of discussion isn't happening that much. And I'd like to propose that we do that. So if you think that's a good idea, let's work together and make it happen. Yeah, 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 let's do it. It sounds fun. All right, boss. Say hi to to Ryan. God bless you, man. Uh, May the good Lord be with you and uh, dog your every step in success. Thank you, sir. Catch you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.